Genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1990 live-action Turtles movie, except we're not doing it one minute at a time anymore. We're doing it for the last time. This is our season finale. This is the last time we get to talk about this movie specifically as a group, and the nice thing is we're all in the same room for the first time to do it. I am your host, Scott Tofty. With me, as always, are our regular co-hosts, and we're sitting here in their house in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Here's Adam Sheehan. Hello. Welcome to my home. And Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And then I picked this guy up at the bus station a little while ago. This is Chris O'Connor. Hey. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Chris's beer is doing a fun thing where it's foaming in a little cone right now, and it's he was just really showing weird. us, and it was very impressive. It's like a tiny little, like, sort of, like, a, you know, like a ceremonial burial mound for, for beer gas. For, for hopes and dreams. It's weird. Um, so here we are. We're going to be talking about the, the movie, sort of uh, our summary, our final thoughts, the wrap-up of our entire first season, which is talking about the 1990 movie. You know, a minute at a time. This is our first time doing a minute podcast, and I guess the first thing to ask is, how how was it, Rachel? What do you think? Um, well, I think I said before I have a new appreciation for this movie. Like when I watched it as a kid, it was just like, oh, whatever. It's just Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But now we've gone so far in depth. It's it's. There's no coming back. There's no now. coming back. Yeah. It's a deep rabbit hole. Well, yeah. how did you feel about actually like the minute by minute, like the process of doing the show? Because it takes a lot of it's time. It's a lot of work. It's a it's lot, a of, lot commitment. of work. Um, I'm glad we're taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all a little happy to be taking some. We of a are break. on a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's time Can we see, see other, some podcasts. other podcasts. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Adam, what do you think? How was your experience? Now, you hadn't podcasted with us before. Like, Rachel and Chris and I had done shows before, but this was your first time sort of joining the team. How was it? This is my first podcast. It's it's funny, too, because, like, for for doing a first podcast to jump headfirst into a daily podcast format, I mean, it was a lot. Like, I, it, it's funny because I know people who have been doing podcasts for a while and, like, kind of just hit their 100th episode, like, <laughs> after a couple years of doing it. It's like, mm. oh, well, I did, you know, 94 episodes in less than a year. So I, I feel like... I feel like I've I've earned my stripes here. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for certain you had. Chris, how about you? Thoughts on being a daily minute by minute? Bless you. Thank you. Podcaster. I'm not editing that out, by the way. I'm <laughs> done <laughs> editing at this point. Yeah, it's fine. editing. And thank goodness. Um, you know, I gotta say, like, uh, yeah, there, there's more to more to this movie to appreciate than I thought. But definitely, I think the minute by minute format itself uh, is gonna make you think that about almost anything you analyze a minute mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to think of, you know, there's a lot, there's now, what, 70 minute by minute movie podcast there's an, a lot of them <laughs> i have a lot to catch like, up on it's like some of them it's like you know you dive into this movie one minute at a time and and only having watched the movie superficially and you know like in the 80s as a kid it's just like really how much is there to get out of that yeah. but you know if you if you sort of i think regardless of of the material when you just have you know some people that you like to talk to and you've all got something to say you know you you take any 
innocuous minute of footage from something and and have that as your sort of conversational starting point and you can end up going to a lot of different places uh than uh than you know the movie itself you know and that can be a lot of fun i think that's one of the things i appreciate about our show too is that we, yeah we did talk about ninja turtles a lot but it also was just a really great prompt to have conversations with you guys like we've we covered a lot of good material that had nothing to do with ninja turtles adam i learned about things you destroyed in the backyard of this very house yeah i mean from I, talking about ninja turtles it was I, great i opened up a, about myself a lot on this podcast which is something i don't often do group therapy session yeah i know i I feel like i've given a lot of myself to our our listeners (laughs) well we will take it all we'll take the whole monty um yeah i loved it i thought you know i'm i'm a big fan of you know talk radio and and podcasts in general and for me to get on a microphone and you know talk about a subject is sort of just like a little fantasy of mine. Like I feel like I've I've got my own little. I'm glad I was able to help you fulfill that fantasy. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's it's a lot of fun. I think we did a really good job. It was a lot of work. You know, I, I think I did probably the majority of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, putting the edit the edits together. And, yes, thank you. You, you are know, a wizard. Shout too. out to Scott Corelli who thankfully split the movie up for us. We didn't actually have to go through the process of oh. like pausing the movie one at a time. And you know, the dueling genre network is great to have our stuff on because a lot of the framework for distribution is already there. So that stuff is, is taken care of. But for me, it was a lot of, you know, I'd wake up. I got, so I got the first 20 minutes edited like months before we released mm-hmm. like we started recording way ahead of time because i knew we were gonna like slow down. We we're gonna slow down gonna and i didn't want to be uh one of those you know I, I say one of those shows i cannot think of shows that to use an example so i'm not picking on anybody but i didn't want to be a show where we start and then have a big gap in the middle mm. where we caught up to ourselves um so we started way ahead of time i think we started recording in february we didn't release till july yeah so um it, it was almost August, really. I think we were released on July 31st. Uh, so getting that much ahead of time, I got the first 20 episodes done and out of the way. And then what happened is I started slowing down in the edits and it became like the day the show went out by the last mm-hmm. 20 episodes or so. I was waking up at six in the morning, taking a shower, getting my coffee, getting ready for work, and I would edit an episode before work and then hit upload before I went to work. So there's a few episodes where it's like, hey guys, I'm sorry, it's not coming out till seven o'clock tonight when I get home from work. <laughs> so it's a good thing we started we early. ruined your work day. It's a good thing we got a head start. I am happy to take a break just from a production end. I got to find a podcast to be a part of where I'm not editing it. I want it's someone else to. Great. I know. Adam, uh, you're editing Airheads Minute. There you there's go. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, we're not doing it now. Podcast then, over. Then you're buying me better software because yeah. there's no way I'm doing that garage <laughs> thing. Well, um, write up a memo for why you need it and submit it to the dueling genre like corporate board and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's the mm. thing. There we go. <laughs> the board of directors. <laughs> File an expense report. Yeah, right. Present it to the boss, baby. I'll, I'll take it out of petty cash. There we go. Mm. Every time I hear the word petty cash, I just think of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, to this day, cash, I'll go right? into work and I'll be like, hey, petty I need cash. petty cash to buy something for the students. <laughs> Dishes <laughs> are done. That's man. exactly my first thought is <laughs> that, you know? Um, so from a from a purely podcast creating standpoint, I think this is an awesome experience. It's an eye opening experience. Shout out to everyone who does a movies by minute podcast because they are not easy to do. Mm-hmm. It is a time consuming process. Not to mention scheduling guests and nights that we're all available. We got into a nice habit of we were always available on Mondays to record, 
And then, you know, once you start throwing guests into the mix, it gets trickier. And I love our guests. And we yeah. bent over backwards to try to accommodate as many of them as possible. Um, and we want to thank them for being as accommodating as they were with their scheduling, especially the ones that we had to record twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Insert all of their names <laughs> here. Yes. You know who you are. <laughs> I think we did that on, on an episode already. I think we did that on okay. our actual last minute. So right, thanks right, to right. our guests. <laughs> um, but yes, it was a great experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm up for season two. Yeah. I'm up for Turtles 2. I'm down for it, I'd say. All right. Down Calabunga. and up for it. <laughs> it's one of those phrases where up Ups for and it downs. and down for it mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that didn't happen on the regular show that is going to, unfortunately, it's going to be a Patreon exclusive is Adam ate an anchovy pizza last night for the first time. Yeah, that was not it's okay. It's still up in our kitchen. It was smells it terrible. during the commentary for the Michael Bay movie? Yeah, the the anchovies. The one I fell asleep on. Yeah, yeah the anchovies were the commentary for the Michael Bay movie. Snores. The uh, the pork rinds. I tried pork rinds for oh, the first yeah. time during the ninety commentary. So yeah, oh. if you want to hear what happened during Ooh. those, then I almost please. I almost lost everything else I'd eaten that Become night. Become a it, it Patreon might, it supporter. It might be worth spending ten bucks or two months and yeah to get those shows. Get those shows yeah. The smell of fries. If you skin. want a good example <laughs> of using turtles as a starting point for discussion, those commentaries <laughs> and I use that term loosely <laughs> yeah. are it. We were uh we were in rare sorts. I'd yeah, say. yeah so, that is kind of like an interesting thing. Like after having spent so long of you know looking at it one minute at a time and talking for half an hour on average for each one minute. Right watching the movie in one go it was sort of it, an was, inter- it was like wow this is fast yeah it was hard to this do a short movie yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my like, god and, and i don't know about you guys but to me like every minute of our show kept going through my head as the minutes go by yeah. I'm like, oh this yeah. is the part we talk about this this part and yeah. i'm trying to like i started Your off brain trying is getting to get flooded with so many conversations and it's like there isn't time to fit in every it's like, conversation i know i want to get every joke out yeah. again like, but as soon as you remember it like the minute's over it's the next minute well, th- this this show has kind of changed the way Rachel and I watch movies now. Mm-hmm. Really, like like when we watch a movie, we both have IMDb open, and like <laughs> yeah. it's like we, we have this like active discussion throughout every movie we watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, not the first time. Well, right? Sometimes. Oh. Wow. Well, if you watch a movie on Amazon Prime, it has that the little X-ray. helper things. So, yeah. like, if you tap the screen, it'll pull up facts. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like the little within... viewing guide on Game of Thrones on the HBO app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. For people who haven't read the books. I mean, I kind of do that anyway. Yeah, I so. mean, I, I I did that anyway to begin with, but like it, after doing this show, it's it's gotten. I guess it's gotten worse. Yeah, yeah it was it, watching this movie specifically all in one go was really, it, and I hadn't done it since before we started the podcast. I watched the whole movie beginning to end to get sort of my brain in the right space before we yeah. started recording anything, and I haven't watched it since. You know, we we wrapped, and this is the first time, and it really did. It flew by. It went yeah. so. Fast. It was such a short movie. On the other hand, the Michael Bay movie, Out of the Shadows, that we did commentary on, felt last like night, it was eight hours. <laughs> it took forever. Probably the same forever. length of time, like give or take like ten to twenty minutes. Right. But yeah, it just kept going. It did. Um, also, if you want to hear us talk a lot of crap about the second Michael Bay watch movie. It. Yeah. yeah. There's not it maybe it maybe isn't a love fest. Well, we, we kept trying to find nice things That's to say true. about it. And we did. You kept saying the one nice thing about this over and over again. Yeah. yeah. I was not kind to Megan Fox at all. No. Aww, I'm sorry, sorry Megan. But if you want to hear it, stop her. Yeah. become a Patreon subscriber. Um duelinggenre.com/support. Uh, all right. So one of the things I want to do is I want to talk about the character arcs in this film. So I just want to I want to go through the characters and let's just talk about each character in the movie a little bit. We've talked about, you know, each minute at a time, but we haven't really taken an overall look at the whole thing. So let's do that. Let's start with, uh, I guess, 
maybe a character that is is crucial to the plot but not on a lot of screen time how about splinter where he starts and where he ends hmm. uh hmm. i mean he kind of starts we see him as this wizened old guru to the turtles the father figure we are very quickly established that they have a great deal of respect especially Raphael has a great deal of respect and admiration for their father and they listen to their father mm-hmm. um and there are also there are moments of humor with him in the beginning too. Pizza falls on his head. And he's like, "Oh, kids!" Like he's yeah. just dad. Like he, he gives off a very dad vibe. Dad yeah. rat. Um, rat large. dad. And then and then where do we go from there? Like I mean, he sort of starts and stops in the same spot, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, he's he's he he doesn't really he goes through a lot and yeah. he experiences more. But you kind of get the impression he'd already experienced a lot anyway. And this to him was just a you know another week in the life of being a human rat. Another thing to to another ordeal to survive through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, he does he does get tortured and crucified. Yeah. Um, but he, you're right. He kind of comes out of it in the same place where he's still, you know, got the wisdom and the humor, and he's and he still was, dad, you know, and the kids still love him. Even even being crucified by the uh, the Foot Camp Clan gang, he was still like every time he saw like you know the little individual humans that that came up to him, he was like, "Hey guys, how you doing? Having a good time? Why'd you run away from home? Maybe you should you know go on back. Your parents love you." you know? He is. <laughs> did we talk about the sort of biblical parallels that Splinter has? He is a little Jesus like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we do use that word, <laughs> the the crucified word, a lot. I mean, that's a very specific. Word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. means a very specific thing. Yeah. Um. But like, I, I'm thinking Splinter now. Splinter got wet for their sins. Oh, God. Uh, that is not uh, what I wanted to hear right now. All right. Anyway. So he's he's oh, yeah, he's, he's hanging up on the this steel cage there, right? And you know, Danny Foot Clan kid comes up to him, and instead of being angry, like, "Oh my God, you're one of these stupid Foot kids who tied me to this cage," he's like. Let me hear your sins, my son. Yeah. And he like absolves him. He is like he's like Jesus rat. He's yeah. very forgiving. Yeah, yeah, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Which I don't know that we ever touched on that, but that to me that's sort of like it's hitting me now as a realization. Like the Splinter is just Jesus in this movie. He right? kind of is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or as Jesus like as one can be. Or Obi Wan. It's just Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just Bible. Just strike me down <laughs> and I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um okay, so how about let's let's go to the other end. How about Raphael? Might have the most interesting well, maybe let's save Raphael, because I think he's got a lot that he goes through. The let's leader hit, of the group? Let's hit the other turtles. Yeah. Raphael, he's the leader of the group. <laughs> um Let's talk Leonardo. Where does Leonardo go in this one? So he starts as, you know, when we see him in the beginning, he's very... Um, head boy. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a kiss We had yeah. our first battle. They were... We kicked, and, you know, he does the whole... He's we about were to, few, like, but they were many. He's, he's about to swear ah. in front of Splinter, and yeah. the fact that he doesn't Kneeling. say we kicked butt, he says we fought well, and he sort of demures yeah. himself, speaks to the respect that he has for his father and sort mm-hmm. of his, you know, cyclopsy goodness... Cyclops. Um, where does he travel through this movie? Rachel, thoughts? I don't think he. I don't think he changes much from the beginning to the end. Like they all go through a lot, but I think at the end of the movie, he's still the same Boy Scout he was at the beginning of the movie. Well, he goes through that whole period where um, uh, Raphael's like in a coma, and it's oh, his fault. Yeah, and he true, thinks it's true. his fault. So and he's himself he, up he, for it. he has that kind of arc where he 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 beats himself up over the whole thing, and then Raph wakes up and immediately forgives him. Mm-hmm. And so he has that. Yeah, I love kind you, of, brother. Yeah, I get the vibe that there's supposed to be like a Leo. Is it? I feel like his arc is supposed to be that he relaxes a little bit. Like okay. he he's not quite as rule following by the end of the movie, but we don't really, I guess, see it a whole lot. Yeah, and it is where you talk about like he spends the beginning of the movie like. 
fighting with Raphael, being the foil to Raphael's... Raphael, you need to control your temper. Meanwhile, in the climactic fight with, with Shredder, he's the one who goes, Wah! That's right, Leo sort and of charges in there, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't work out well for him. Yeah, I, I guess that his arc is more implied after. Mm. We sort of get to the middle point of his arc, and then it's sort of shoved to the background a little bit. But yeah, I would say that, you know, he... He definitely has something he deals with in the movie. Um, Donnie and Mikey. Donatangelo. No, Donatangelo. <laughs> Not much of an arc, right? No. no. Don't really go through a lot. They're kind of in the movie to serve as comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they have the scene, like, waiting on the pizza under the moonlight and the great. And, uh, like, Donnie's, you know, being all serious. And, like, you know, when he talks about, like, how we're not going to, he's not always going to be there anymore. And Michelangelo just brushes off the, the bit about mortality. Mm-hmm. And those two are, like, the ones that were, well, I, was it Michelangelo or Donatello that was crying the most in the uh, in the Force Ghost scene? I think it's Mikey. Yeah, Mikey's yeah. tearing Mikey's out. the one who, like, because he was taking it the least seriously through the whole thing. He's the one who was, like, you know, on the phone book while Leo was giving the, uh-huh. the proper respectful report. Port. And uh, you know Michelangelo is the one who gets yelled at the most, and he he's he's like the most jokey, and and you know he's kind of like oh this is serious business, guys. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if Donnie and Mikey are meant to be. We, we've talked about Danny being the audience surrogate, but I almost feel like Donnie and Mikey are like us. They're the, they're watching the action kind of like we are, but mm-hmm. they're still involved in it. Like yeah. our thoughts about you know mortality are also Donnie and Mikey's thoughts about mortality when they're having that conversation. They're having that for the benefit of the viewers. You know, mm-hmm. when we hear. Splinter say we're not going to be or I'm not going to be with you all the time as a viewer you're kind of like oh that's right the the rat's going to go so he's going to die what's that going to be like we have that kind of conversation with ourselves and uh, we get to see it play out on screen and then all the jokey moments at the farm like the <laughs> levity that they provide that's just that's grown up yeah. us like I don't think I appreciate Donnie <laughs> and Mikey until being this old and also like you know, sort of poking fun at parts in this movie. It's like we're just doing what those two are doing. Right. I think I've said before they're they're the little brothers in this situation. Yeah. Like they they're forced to go along with what the older two are doing, and they kind of have to make their own fun. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a valid assessment. Yeah. All right, April, <laughs> April's arc. April starts off in the movie as as not being part of really. Walking anything home other from work than work alone yeah you know being vulnerable and she ends up being like the highest paid reporter in new york That's she's swept into this adventure she's kind of like the luke skywalker if we're just making this star wars right <laughs> she's 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 the farm boy swept into the grander adventure that she didn't really know existed well she kind of steers the story because um the story t- starts with her covering this this whole story of of these these thefts and and crime this crime wave that no one believes and I guess the the only people who really believe her are these turtles because they're in the, kind of in the middle of it. Yeah. So I, she kind of she's the one that pulls the story of the movie into into kind of I guess the world that they live in. I don't. Know, I don't. She I'm keeps kind pushing of rambling. Yeah, no, I get that. She, confronti- she's confronting Stearns and she brings the real world into sort of the fantasy. She brings the viewer into the world of the turtles. Like we are the. She is our introduction to the sort of sewer underbelly of. New York City in this. So, like, we get yeah. that there's a crime wave. We know what the Foot Clan is, but, she, like, without April, how do we... I always think that she works well when she's a device used to get us to the Turtles. And well, it she... happens in the comic books, and it happens in the cartoons. We always sort of meet April. We Well, not always. We usually meet April first. She actually is the narrator for a lot of the film. For a chunk like, of the film, Like, yeah. even in the beginning portion, she's cast. the narrator kind of bringing us up to speed. And then when they're at the at the farm, she's Actual journaling. Voiceover. And mm, then she's yeah. uh, she's the narrator in in that sense, too. So she's kind of our, our, our 
narrator. Um, I like to talk about how at the beginning of the movie, she's sort of like a scare girl on the street. Like when she's about to be mugged, she does what anyone would do. And she's like, oh, crap, I'm going to run away. Yeah. By the time she's in a subway, she's already so fed up with this that she's fighting yeah. back. And then by the finale of the movie, she's like, screw this. I'm part of this fight. Like, she she nuts up in a big way in this movie. <laughs> like, and I really, I like that she sort of, she, she is an active member of the team without suddenly becoming a ninja. I like that she just becomes, you know, sort of more... She takes ownership of what's happening to her city and what's happening to her friends, and she becomes part of that team. And I, I like that sort of aspect of her character. And even by the end, when, you know, at the beginning of the movie, she's, like, fighting with Charles and fighting with Charles. And, like, by the end of the movie, she's just like, just just give – this is what I want, and you're going to give it to me or I'm gone. She's yeah. just – she's so yeah. confident in herself. She's in charge. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's not playing by anyone else's rules at the end. No, it's she, her game. She's not the damsel in distress either. Right. Because most of the time, April is – at least in the video game, she's the one that <laughs> gets up. captured. We played yeah, she's like literally tied up, tied up all throughout yeah. the whole. Uh, yeah. And then we have her support, but she doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she narrates the video game for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, by the way, we beat the damn level last yeah. night on the original yeah. Ninja Turtles damn. NES game. Damn. I know, Scott, you're, you've, we, we actually got a save state, so I can go back to <laughs> that. I can actually play the game now and not, <laughs> we got and not get super frustrated damn. five minutes I've in only and give seen up. it happen one other time. My brother did it once. Well, you, I couldn't have done it without your help, guys. <laughs> and then just imagine having to do that every time you start the game up. <sighs> we, we got, That's why nobody would get any further in that game. We all got so excited. Like, yeah. my heart was pounding I was screaming. at one point. Well, what about the time when we got, like, ten seconds left? And, and I like was right at the end, two and I had left. my I'm beeping because the life is draining. It's like yeah. it's, it's the last one. It's the last life. one. And you guys are like, oh my god, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. And I got hit by a little lightning bolt. And you're like, no. Yeah. 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 And, oh, yeah. and then there was the one where you you got it and you made it, but we had missed a bomb. We missed one. Bomb. And then by then we had five seconds left. And, <laughs> yeah. and oh my god, why didn't game. we finish? What happened? Why aren't yeah. we done yet? Oh no. <sighs> um. But no, I like I really like April's arc in this one, and I'm I'm glad that she's not the damsel in distress in this yeah. movie. She is very briefly, but as soon as she's rescued, she's just like she's she's off to the races. She's part of the team. Yeah, but the movie she's isn't about them Brown. saving her, right? Which is this more, probably the, one of the most Splendor. active and, versions. And let's be of honest, April. if it had started with them just meeting her and then they had to rescue her like why do we care they don't know her there's no emotional impact there yeah like by the third one april gets captured and it's a movie about let's rescue april and i think that's part of the reason why the third one kind of sucks is, is it's just a let's rescue april story yeah yeah and it's a poorly done one too don't get me wrong <laughs> um but i appreciate not having to deal with that in this movie how about uh, casey jones casey, casey jones casey starts off a as a uh, thug vigilante in Central Park beating up Raph and where does he end up? Kissing uh, the girl. He's, got, Kissing he's, the girl. <laughs> he's, he's in a he's be, he's in a beginning of a burgeoning relationship with the highest paid reporter in New York. Also yeah. a murderer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is a murderer. He, he does a, uh, absolutely cold blooded comical murderer. Yeah, he has blood mm-hmm. on oops, his hands oops. by the end. Oops. <laughs> yeah, that was some saw level. It's okay murder. though, because he said oops. <laughs> like to have um, no remorse, like oops. So we deal with a lot of Casey's kind of character flaws. Like he's a misogynist. Mm-hmm. He's pig-headed. Ignorant. He's yep. ignorant of a lot of stuff. He's an eight-year-old in an adult's body, which I think some of us can identify with at least a little bit. <laughs> he says as a we little. sit here talking about Ninja Turtles on the second day of a weekend bender. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is squarely resolved or revolved around Ninja Turtles. Yeah. No, we can relate. Um, but does he? But does he change by the end? Has he softened up? Has he become less of an 
you know, a misogynistic kind of well bad dude, uh, or does he just sort of like is he just accepted? Like I mean, I, by know, the end, he, go ahead, Chris. He he didn't he you know he 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 gave his impassioned speech to the Foot Kids about you call that a family? That's not a family. And he's like you know he's he's sort of gone from being a hobo in the woods to you know he's got a relationship with april he's becoming friends with the turtles he uh helps splinter who he just met and he's helping danny out and he's uh you know sort of leading these kids to freedom um so which is i think a step up from just beating people up in a park yeah i the moment where i sort of noticed casey jones soften as a character is when we cut to the scene when they're about to leave the farmhouse and he and april are on the porch swing uh, and they're just talking. And she's like, so you really played? And he's like, yeah, you know, I played professionally until I got hurt. And it's like, that's the only moment that we were, were shown Casey Jones, like, being normal in a normal conversation with April. Like, we everything else is confrontation. We learn something about him. Yeah. We get a little bit of backstory. It's not L- the backstory I would have Because we don't know much about him. Yeah. E- even, like, by the end of the movie. Yeah, they... You don't really get to learn much about his personality but they never give his motivation for being a crime fighter yeah well we'll talk about that um (laughs) again um but i do think that we are you know he is portrayed in a softer light from that moment onward in the film like you said he's he talks to the foot kids he sort of reiterates the message of family um we might not see him you know do a lot to change that perception but the vibe definitely shifts around Mm -hmm. him you know we get a lot of ooh, what a babes and like I'm going to beat you up stuff in the beginning. And by the end, he's like, oh, family, friends, goodness, love. And he's kind of yay. vulnerable with April and like she's in charge. And he's like, oh, what? I, huh? Yeah. Yep. It's like he's never met a real life girl before. <laughs> I don't really remember what happens in the second one. But at, at the end of the first one, it would seem like, oh, Casey's on an upswing now. Like, here's the start of his better life. Casey's not in the second one. Yeah. He oh, did, he's, okay. he's gone. We, he's he gets replaced with Ernie Reyes Jr. Ah. Who? Great. So maybe awesome. maybe Casey went to college in that second movie. He went to high school. He, he uh, became a welder. We'll, we'll get to it in season two, but uh, but Kino's a bit of a misogynist as well. Oh like, yeah, a little moments. bit, a little bit. He does have his moments. Um, let's talk now. Let's talk about uh, uh, Raphael. We talked about Donnie and Leo and Mikey and and the other guys. Let's talk about. Raph now. Shredder doesn't have an arc. Shredder's a bad guy. Tatsu doesn't really have an arc. Mm-mm. So we're gonna they're just evil for the sake of Tatsu evil. Tatsu had an arc. He got hit by that golf club and it was like you know, <laughs> he certainly arc. Like yeah. well, no, I mean, I mean Tatsu has a little bit of an arc in that like in his relationship with the Shredder, like when when he screws up, he can't look the Shredder in the eye. Like he has he has a bit of a I mean that's that's I don't know if that's an arc. That's that's fleshing out a character. I, I don't guess. I don't know that he starts and stops in a different place. I don't know that he has a conflict that he has to resolve. Um, or that he changes it all, but we definitely we know who Tatsu is. We are okay. given insight into his character. What Absolutely. A dick. Um, so Raphael, probably easily understandable why MC Golden Voice was told that he's the leader of the group yeah, because the, the whole movie is the about, protagonist of the film. Yeah, he is <laughs> absolutely the protagonist. He is the one who you know has to go through the ordeal mm-hmm. and changes because of it. So he starts off as you know April wouldn't have gotten involved. If he didn't leave his side behind. He is, yeah, he's the linchpin. So it's his side that April grabs. Yeah. He's going to get it. He saves her and brings her to the lair. <laughs> you know, he's the one who's sort of most visibly distraught and the most Sizer outwardly affected. He, he can't contain his emotions in any respect. And that's yeah. sort of Raphael's MO in this movie. So that when he's angry in the beginning, he's very angry to the point where the entire city of New York can hear him cursing. <laughs> Damn! Damn! Um, 
And when Splinter's gone, he's screaming on top of his shed. Like he's he's not just dramatic; he is melodramatic. Yeah. Um, he's passionate. He about does his uh, he does his angry roof karate. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that's funny is the protagonist of this movie is taken There's out of this like movie that. for a while. Like that is something you don't see very often. Like you'd think that the protagonist of the movie would be the one who's constantly involved, always part of the story. But we actually lose Raphael for a chunk of this film, yeah. and the action happens around him without him. Um, and it's weird because after the point in the movie where Raphael sort of comes to and regains consciousness, it's not so much about him anymore. He's not the focus. It's almost like from that moment on, it shifts to like, I get, who does it shift to? Like Danny almost, right? Yeah. A little bit. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's funny that we don't. Dan now. (laughs) (laughs) He'll never be Dan. He'll never just be Dan. Um, it's funny that. We don't really get to finish Raphael's arc, or his arc doesn't take him all the way to the end of the movie, really. Mm. He he sort of appreciates, I guess, the, the emotional instability side sort of resolves, I guess, when he regains consciousness, right? He had it beaten out of him. Yeah, it's very odd, but the, then the screaming on the rooftop thing happens after he regains consciousness. We sort of just lose, he sort of, the, structurally, we sort of lose the protagonist in the second half of the film. He doesn't. He's not the focal point. He's not the character we're following so much anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it refocuses um, to them as a team. Yeah, it does. It sort of we lose the individual. And you know what's interesting too is in the beginning of the movie we see a lot of individual clips of the turtles. We see Donnie and Mikey hanging out together. We see Raph going off and doing his own thing. You know, he has his experiences with Casey Jones. We have April in her own world. And really, at the end of the movie, they are all together all the time. And it does start to change the focus to the team rather than just the one individual. That's a good observation. Um, it's like telling the story of a family, almost. Like you know? this here and that, that there. That you call this <laughs> family? Hey, I want to tell you guys, I consider you guys a family now. Aww. Yeah. I consider Shucks. this here and that there family. Aww. Um. Yeah, so that's Raphael and and character arcs, I guess. Uh, then Danny? Danny. Oh, Danny. Oh, God, yeah, we should probably talk Danny, about Danny. Danny has shit. a character arc. Danny has Danny has probably the arc, most complete arc, arc yeah. right, that goes from... He goes from being... Literally Danny. the first minute of the movie to literally the last minute of the movie. Yeah. Danny, mm-hmm. you little shit, to it's just Dan now. <laughs> it's just Dan now. Yeah, so he starts off as, you know, disenfranchised kid. We just see him as an unnamed dude passing a wallet off. We quickly learn that he's got a relation. Child of divorce. Yeah. Getting into petty theft and and thuggery. We assume child of divorce. Too small. But he is sort of. He's an urchin. (laughs) He is. Has his eyes opened to what the foot are becoming? Mm. Yeah, I guess like he he quickly learned. Well, not quickly, but he does learn <clears throat> sort of that they're not great guys by the middle point of the movie. After he he gives up the turtles and you know, so yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. We decided last night as we're watching this movie, it's not Dan that discovers where the turtles live, but it was Danny who said he when saw he raises his hand, April's he's place. the one that says, "I saw them at April's place." So yeah, they give the, he they gives the foot to April's place, April's apartment, mm. right? Not the lair. That's another foot soldier. Um, and then he has, you know, he's hiding out in the lair, and he has his dreams, his fever dreams, <laughs> with all the quotes from the movie running through his head. No to go to Danny. 
<laughs> Time uh, to switch to decaf, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he ends the movie, you know, saying, "I'm just Dan. I'm a good guy now. I, it's okay to love my family. Mm. My real family is actually better than my Ninja Foot Clan family." So he comes what? around. What I'm sorry, though? Dad. What if though, like after that moment, some time goes by and Danny has learned nothing. He just goes back to stealing stuff and just being a shit kid again. Oh, Aww. I mean, it could happen. The 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 then the, he would have ended up in one of the sequels, and it would have been like we've got to save Danny. That's what we call uh, uh, you know staying in the pipeline, the uh, the the system. He's still in the system. You know, yeah. the reincarceration rate is very high among. <laughs> he was never incarcerated. No. He's a privileged yeah, kid. He was arrested. He was arrested, but that's yeah. not the same. He's got a he record. Detained. True. He, he was detained. Well, it's a juvenile record. It's going to yeah. be expunged. It won't have any effect on his future. Yeah, but I, I just think that would be He's funny. not in the school to prison pipeline. If he's <laughs> like, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and be a better person, and he just doesn't. doesn't no. Just doesn't, yeah. Oh, plenty of, you know, kids get into trouble. <laughs> Does Charles and get, to get an arc over? in this film? Because no. he's kind of just like frenetic, like no. boss no. guy who's constantly Even when he's trying to something. be sincere at the end, he's not being very sincere. Maybe it's just the actor. You Well, now you are. So he kind of goes from being really worried about April and upset with his son to, I guess, begging April to come back and like we're seeing that he really cares about his son. Like, I guess from Danny's point of view, like my dad doesn't care about me. That's kind of the vibe that Danny has, right? Yeah, the whole city and looking it, for you. It takes Splinter to say like, you know, all fathers care for their sons. And we actually, we don't see Charles doing a lot of loving things. He sort of just drags Danny along mm-hmm. wherever he goes for a while. And he's like, oh, my stupid kid, he's doing stuff. Where's he getting, putting his head in those things? What are those, <laughs> those things? things? I've never seen those things before. I work in a TV studio, but I don't know what headphones are. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end of the movie, he's like, are you okay? Boss. I'm looking yeah. for Danny. Like, Danny, are you okay? Are you okay, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> so I, not much of an arc, but he does have sort yeah. of, there's a shift in tone for him also. Yeah, no, I, I get um, it. Yeah, so what are, what are, what are the best parts of this movie? Like we've talked about the soundtrack a lot. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll spend a minute talking about that. Like the music in this film the, the is themes. freaking incredible. Well, one of the, one of the main things we kind of noticed when we were watching the Michael Bay film is that there really aren't musical themes. Yeah. Like there aren't themes for each character. It's just kind of this rambling, musical undercurrent that is it's just like general i feel like that music could go to any movie like yeah. there's nothing that transformers ties or gi joe or anything else michael bay has done yeah, yeah. and yeah. i don't know who composed the music for this one and it's it's fine like it's fine it sounds like stock music like yeah. i'm never gonna go oh man the theme for turtles mm-hmm. out of the shadows you like, it's not i can't even get, hum it yeah it's not gonna get stuck in my head like no, no the music the music should be an integral part of and the work. I, doom, 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 doom. Yeah. yeah. I would should, say it that... It should conjure up an emotional response. Like, yeah. when you hear that, it does something to yeah, you. It's, it's like, when you hear the music from Star Wars, it should do well, something and to I'll, you. Uh, to, to be fair, the music, I think, appropriately conveys the emotions in the Michael yeah. Bay movies. But I think, like, a lot of movies that are out now, they're, the theme is sort of... A lot of movie themes, even in the Marvel universe, like they're losing melody for the sake of atmosphere. Yeah. And the Michael Bay movies, the music is a lot of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It atmospherically creates uh, suspense or, or you know, a feeling of excitement. Mm-hmm. There's a movie 
uh, it's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes, where, where Jason where he's Siegel, the director, he's, he's the, the music, he's the music director, like the he's the composer for a show, and it's literally him just sitting there hitting uh, a piano note one time. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just all I'm doing is creating atmosphere. It's not even music. Yeah, and that's what it makes me think of. Like, there's no sense of melody. Mm-hmm. Star Wars has melody. You know, the yeah. first Ninja Turtles movie. There's identifiable melodies that stick in your ear. They're catchy. It's Ghostbusters like, is another one of those. Yeah, it's, it's pop. Music. I listened to the Game of Thrones soundtracks over and over because the music is such a big part of that show it's recognizable me. Danny Elfman is a genius when it comes to that too like yeah. that original Batman theme which yeah. he brought back for Justice League by the way <laughs> <laughs> thank you like how I was worried we were gonna miss that like how do you get Danny Elfman back on board and not use your old themes <laughs> yeah, right. um yeah. But so the music in this movie is fantastic, and that not only the the composition, but like the texture and the instrumentation they choose to use. The synthesizers work where synthesizers are supposed to work. It gets very classical, and you know, st- stereotypically big orchestral Hollywood when it's supposed to. It gets jokey. From it gets hip hoppy when it needs to. Yeah. yeah, they've got pop songs of the time that work. They they firmly plant you in this time period, but it doesn't feel dated at least to me it doesn't feel super dated right like, right it's to me now this is a period piece this is a movie about mm-hmm. ninja turtles in the 90s <laughs> of in course New York. you would giggle at period <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it uh, um so wait a month you'll get it i have to man. share a quick story uh w- one time in film school i had a professor who would take role mm-hmm. but when she took role she would have a question that everybody had to answer when they got to to their name it was just like this kind of fun way small class yeah and we were watching um something that was like a a big period piece so she goes when i say your name you should tell me your favorite period piece and i'm like later on in the alphabet so the whole time i'm thinking i'm like oh my god i've got it so i have a golden opportunity here i can't waste it so it gets to me she's like adam what's your favorite period piece and i went carrie and then everyone looked at me and I went, oh, wait, you meant... Oh, no. That's How'd they take that? truly awful. No, it, was a, it was a very big collective I mean, you're not Kind of like what just happened. Oh, oh man. Uh, That's a big part of that movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. That into a weird oh, space. Oh, man. They started throwing tampons at her. All right. Not going to lie. That's pretty funny. Um, oh, this is the show that just keeps on giving. <laughs> See, th- this is me uh, g- giving myself to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fully and completely. All right, guys, what are your favorite parts of this movie? I, I really like the musicality of the dialogue in this film. I, I think um, that's one thing I keep talking about on this show, and I think it's what makes this movie so great. Um movies that are quotable have kind of a a cadence and a voice to them that that are unique to that film and i feel like that's another one of those things that's kind of getting lost in filmmaking that kind of quotability musicality to dialogue yeah i wonder if it's just sort of the trends in acting and and you know because you think of like movies from the 40s and like you're like everyone talks like this in the 40s yeah like you kind of lump things together by the commonality of the popular things at the time and i think in the early 90s there definitely was a lot of movies that are like ridiculously quotable especially for people our age but i think it's just the way that people made movies like actors were like delivered lines back like there was a poster on the wall in every writer's room that said, you know, something about kids need to be able to quote this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you sort of see a shift. It goes from like movies like Wayne's World that you can quote all day and then shifting to like Austin Powers. That's just catchphrases that you're throwing out. You're not actually quoting lines. <laughs> right. 
you're just and then and then get away yeah. from that and then, you know yeah. it's like i can't think of a single quote from pineapple express but that's well, a hilarious we, we movie. got into that kind of mumblecore comedy <laughs> where it's it's I guess they're going for kind of a more conversational tone, but yeah. it, it gets kind of stammery and yeah. more naturalistic. Any any yeah. any scene that Michael Sarah is in is insufferable. Well, I, so, I feel like I'm doing it right now. Like, I feel like if sense, you right? if you think of like Tom Hanks in the early '90s, like there's a very particular way particular way that Tom Hanks delivers lines in in all of his movies, right? Mm-hmm. And he he is someone who I think is very musical when he speaks. You think about Toy Story and the way that his voice sticks in your ear from Toy Story, or you know, Forrest Falling Gump with style. Mm-hmm. Like he he uses his voice as a tool, much like a voice actor would. And I think there's a lot of sort of let's call them, you know, visual actors in Hollywood that are a lot more concerned with sort of I, I guess the atmosphere that their performance creates or the vibe or you know, maybe the facial expressions or the body language, and maybe as much attention is not given to the voice. I think voice Actors, cartoons, cart- like CGI movies, Pixar's, things like that are far more interesting to watch a lot of the times because there is that variation in what you're hearing yeah. and what you're seeing. There, it is visually interesting and auditorily, audiologically, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Sure. Because, right. audio because when you're doing when you're doing voice acting, you're relying on your voice. Yeah, you you're don't not, have the you visual. You can't use. I mean, they'll film you doing all your gestations and whatever, but that's not part your, of the your gestations. Just- <laughs> Well, gestures, gestures. Film you, you know, going through the process of childbirth and all. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Tired. Speaking of period pieces, <laughs> I really, really. Um, but that's not really part of the performance. No, is what you I'm know what's interesting. Have you yeah. ever seen the video of Robin Williams doing his lines for the genie, mm-hmm. yeah. and they film him yeah. in studio doing like all the, and he's Going wildly crazy. animated. And the animators like based a lot of that stuff off. Gesticulation of him was the word I was looking the word. for. There we go. Just wasn't coming to my brain. <laughs> um, testiculations. <laughs> this could have gone in a real bad way. Um, no, I agree. I think that that it's the, just the the sort of method has changed, and the attention is not necessarily on what you're hearing anymore as much as, as it is what you're seeing. And then what? And and there's that kind of trend to make it a little bit more real, like dark and gritty. Well, not even dark and gritty. It's like. Uh, we love quotable movies, but nobody really talks like that. Yeah, and and I, I feel like the the trend in movie making and storytelling is is kind of let's ground it in reality a little more, and mm. you kind of lose that musicality. No, I think that's a, a fair point to make. I it's it, it works in Turtles, like it works in this movie. The fact that it's a movie with a majority of the actors are voiceover actors yeah. in this film, like I think it helps it a lot. Mm. Well, at the same time, it's not a cartoon. Like it just I it's it's great. In that way, um, Rachel, what's your favorite part of the film? That was a lot of discussion of your was, favorite yeah, part, sorry, Adam. Sorry, to way to monopolize. <laughs> I I think it's the relationship between Donatello and Michelangelo. Oh, Donatangelo. Donatangelo, because it's so unique. It we don't see it ever again. Yeah. And to have my two favorite turtles together in a team is really cool. <laughs> Do you ship Donatangelo? I don't ship them, but they're my favorites. <laughs> you can relationship them without they're being brothers. weird, right? They're brothers. Come on. Well, that's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It counts. But when you say you ship something, air quotes, ship something. Yeah, the, the implication not, is, yeah. is romantic. Although I'm sure there's a Tumblr hashtag oh, for I'm that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> there's probably a lot of fan art that what's, is What's that rule? Rule 30 something? Oh, where if it exists, there's... There's well, porn yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Chris, no, I, don't uh, want that I, I love Donatangelo. I think it's one of the greatest innovations of this film is you gave two turtles who, to be perfectly honest, are on the periphery of this particular story. They're not really terribly involved other than the fact that they're part of the team. They don't drive and, the action. No, but yeah. they drive the heart of this movie. They like You wouldn't feel... I think as much of the sort of family thing or the, the I use the word humanity loosely um, of this turtle film, manity. turtle manity, <laughs> turtle totality, totality. There we go. You wouldn't feel the totality of this film in totality as much. You would, Jesus, it's word salad here. If you didn't have uh, Mikey and Donnie kind of being really brought, like yeah. obviously brotherly. They're kind of the heart of the, the whole story. Yeah. If you want to be that bold. I would. Okay. <laughs> I will do that. I will you, be so you bold. You will be that bold? Okay. I will go there. Chris, thoughts? Favorite part of the film? Favorite part of the film? I think I, I kind of, uh, it's like, a, it's kind of a silly thing, and I keep, but I keep like in my head going back to, uh, you know, sort of uh, the, the Lost Boys Neverland aspect of the Foot Clan, like yeah. warehouse and getting to play around. Like, <laughs> I, I remember that so fondly as a kid, and like I would have daydreams about like, if I just run away and, you know, me and my, my friends and my cousins and everybody that I care about, we were just like in a, in like an awesome treehouse warehouse, super clubhouse, and what we would do all day and every day, and it would be like this, and we would, we would play games, and we'd like well, we wouldn't smoke cigarettes because cigarettes are bad. And we would like, <laughs> skateboard. Dare told me we would skate skateboard indoors. We play video games all the time. It was like like just like that whole environment was was a lot of fun and like all the scenes in there and like you know like Shredder leading his evil little cult and and Tatsu being just the biggest dick. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 it it. it it's great and like all the stuff that happens in there like you know the stuff with with Splinter being you know. Um, beneficent good dad prisoner uh who who like takes on all the problems of everybody and he's like oh but danny you know your dad really loves you and and just being like so benevolent with everybody um and and uh casey jones like coming to save him and and the little fight there i i i i guess i kind of like that you know it's like a it's not like might be a weird answer but I, I really liked all that stuff well that mm. was kind of a common theme within like a, a two or three year span that 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 kind of lost boys thing because we had we had this movie we had turtles hook. um hook came out the year a year later and Various i don't know if you guys camp movies i don't you, camp you, nowhere heavyweights yeah um <laughs> little monsters little was, monsters was little giants the sandlot the sandlot uh, of just you know th- these kids who just kind of live Goonies. in their own world unattended children yeah. yeah little Latchkey rascals kids. yeah yeah so, no, that is true. Um, but Little Monsters was a, was one of the I just watched that recently with uh, Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that movie. And Howie Mandel yeah. as the monster. It's And I forgot Horrifying monster effects. Horrifying monster effects. What a great movie. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's such and a it's, weird thing that I just I think happened. I noticed at the time, like, it looks like Ninja Turtles. Like, it's shot in a very similar way, mm-hmm. like, similar lighting, similar sort of, like, saturation on screen. And, and that same just random warehouse with scaffolding? Yes. <laughs> kind of experience. Which, even the Lost Boys and Hook kind of had the scaffolding thing. Like, yeah. they were yeah. wearing, bamboo like, the scaffolding. bamboo stuff. Yeah. And they had the <laughs> it, was, it was such a weird trend, because those movies, uh, like, uh, Hook... Uh, Turtles and Little Monsters came out within a year of each yeah. other. Yeah, there's probably a lot of overlap on uh, the a lot credits. of kid extras in there. <laughs> yeah. Kid extras and yeah. people who worked on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I, I get that. Like I had that fantasy too as a kid. Of, yeah. I, I even think like we, I, I used to invite a, a bunch of kids over and we would like try to kind of like act that out. And, yeah, it, like building forts and that sort of thing. Yeah. 
I used to pre- I used to pretend to be Mario and I would borrow my dad's tools. I don't know why. I, this, I, cause you, here's the connection. I did please, this please in my treehouse. Please tell me you didn't throw hammers at anyone. No, but I would steal my dad's wrenches and like wing them across the oh, yard. <laughs> Not at people or anything. Oh my God. But he would get really mad when I played with his tools and then I would they'd come back with like grass stains and mm. mud clumped in them. That's neither here nor there. I just felt like sharing that. See, <laughs> I can open up to juggle hammers. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think my favorite part of this film is this it's hard to narrow down to like a scene or a section so i have to say like i'm so used to seeing turtles fight and when the turtles get to be ninjas yeah it's great and when they battle the foot clan it's cool and when they're telling jokes it's awesome but the thing about this movie that's special is all the times when they're just brothers yeah hanging out when they're just family all the times when like the northampton scenes in this movie are like what make this movie special mm-hmm, you know when yeah. they're eating the pizza in the beginning for that short amount of time that they're doing that um, you know, even Raph eating the apple after, like, we didn't see yeah. him fight the foot, but we saw Raph <laughs> eating the apple, and it's like, oh, I hope there's more there. Like, all those little character moments that remind you that, like, yeah. these are teenagers, number one, and number two, they're brothers, and number three, they, like, they, there's a lot of feeling and caring about each other going on. Like, I feel like that's the big thing that the Michael Bay movies specifically miss. And they try to do it in certain ways, but it goes by so quickly. They miss sort of the the family aspect and, again, the the totality of it, (laughs) the humanity of it. Um, It's it's the special thing about this movie. This movie feels like a Spielberg movie in ways, you know? Like, it it makes you want to live in that world the same way you wanted to be a Goonie. Well, it's a little bit less of a Spielberg film because they have a father who cares about them. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not there for most of the film. I suppose. (laughs) They are kind of on their own. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. Cut right to the chase. I didn't mean to go there. (laughs) I just, I really hope he reconciled things with his father Uh, at some point. I I thought he, uh, that was a thing around Schindler's List, didn't he? I, I thought I thought there was like that shift there, like that's the reason he like got into like he was kind of resistant to making it because of I don't know that there's a whole big like thing on HBO like there's an HBO special about like Spielberg and like his life in movies and I think oh, that was in there. Interesting. All right, so unrelated. We we talked about our favorite parts of the movie. What's your favorite part of recording this podcast? Like, what was your favorite memory from doing this this season of this show? Oh, all the jokes. So many jokes. So many well, jokes. I'm just, I'm just glad I, I finally have an outlet for jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've been kind of an off and on comedy writer here and there, and I've always been trying to avoid doing stand up comedy. Like, I, <laughs> the idea of doing stand up comedy scares the living hell out of me. So this gives me kind of an outlet. No one can see you for all of these jokes because a lot of the jokes I, I have on this show are, are, are like. They're kind of my stock jokes that now I need new ones because I've already <laughs> yeah. used them. You have a while before season two. You'll be so, like, have time to write more material. The jokes that he tests out on me first. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Facebook. I was always wondering why Rachel doesn't laugh as much on our show. Yeah, now I know why. Them. She's heard all your jokes. I've heard She's them all. I've heard them all. <laughs> so I'm the I, test audience. I, 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 like that. I like that I have an, an outlet for, for comedy again, which yeah. is something I haven't had for a while. So that's been... It's been really nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Rachel, what's your favorite memory from this season? Your favorite moment? I, I can't pick just one. <sighs> but yeah, I like the jokes. I like the rapport that we all have. I like that we play off of each other when we're talking about such a silly thing <laughs> as the Ninja Turtles. Like, it gives us so much material. It really does. Yeah. It, it starts a lot of conversation. It's surprising at how many different directions we can go off into. Yeah. Chris? I think I've really enjoyed um, all of our, our, our sessions of, of trying to 
to uh, to brainstorm and fan wank uh, like people's backstories and what's yeah, going on yeah, and like filling in <laughs> filling in the gaps with story that is not needed and doesn't matter. But you know, like I really enjoyed the the story of uh, April and Charles's uh, illicit romance and Danny's true parentage, and I, I really enjoyed like the Casey I, Jones like uh, his his family situation. That I, I got a lot of kicks out of I that. I feel That's like a lot it would be a, a fun project for us if we ever had the time to actually sit down and write. That stuff, the Casey either, Jones as, movie. either as a script or like a little comic book or something. I feel like it would be fun to put that out to an audience. Like, what do we think? Like, for us to brainstorm it and like edit it down and make it something cohesive, hmm. like a short story, and then actually really put it out there as like a fan, as fan art, yeah, yeah. A fan comic. We could do it. We could do a table read. <laughs> that actually is not a terrible idea. We do know fan a lot of voice drama. actors. We have a lot of. Hmm. All right, we might have just started. A, oh, we might have just started a side project for this podcast. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to write that down. And so the we ballad don't of that. Casey Jones. Oh my God, that's gr- actually an audio drama to fill in that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you guys are looking at me, and I can tell you see the wheels turning. I think this is gonna happen. The like office, this. the office drama, like dramedy, or I wanna, you know, of, of Charles and young April. <laughs> just uh, do the office mm, starring, be like really Charles. uncomfortable. <laughs> so let's leave it to the fan community. If that's something you want to hear, then let us. If we get if we get a good response, maybe we'll put something together please, for please that. Please say it's not. So it won't be. In, it won't be anytime soon. But I think we could make that happen. And listen, if you guys don't want to do it. <laughs> I'll bring other people in. Yeah. We have a lot of friends on Dueling Genre and a lot We're of guests. All I think we had a lot of guests on this show who would be really happy to do this. Um, yeah, I my favorite. I think the the coolest thing for me specifically doing this show. Like, I love talking with you guys. It's great to be in this group doing it. But the fact that we got to talk to some of the people that we got to talk to, yeah, specifically oh, like MC Golden Voice in particular, we got to spend so much time talking to him even the build-up like messaging back and forth with him ahead of time Couldn't actually talking it. to him having him sit in for a minute getting some real like stories i've never heard yeah. about how he, yeah. he was involved in the movie and the making of the movie and then sort of being in touch with him after as we're promoting his appearance yeah, you guys are like buds now apparently we're <laughs> we're uh we're pretty tight on the internet mc golden voice and the ninja turtles minutes so you know that was super cool and I, I guess now is as good a time as any. I think I don't know when I want to release this. I don't know if I want to say this. Say, Do I say uh, I it? I thought we were going to keep it a surprise. Do I want to keep it a surprise? Do want to keep it a surprise? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to keep it a surprise. But okay. we get to talk to some pretty cool people on yes. this show. Yeah. Um. So for me, as a turtle fan, growing up for years, like when I love something, I love it hard. And I love turtles hard. Like <laughs> hard love. I, it's hard love. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm sitting here, not right now, it's not. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> the fact that we get to talk to people that are involved in this film, be it on Twitter or actually on the show or whatever, like that's a dream come true for me. Yeah, it's it an yeah. absolute dream great. come. I geeked out so hard after the MC Golden Voice interview. I remember we cut the mics and we said goodbye and hung up. And I was like, I had to recall you guys on Skype and be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. that just happened! Yeah. Do you realize that just happened?" I mean, and as cool as those moments are, and as cool as it, as it was to meet some of the people we got to meet doing this. Um, I, I I think we we owe a lot to our our listeners. Um, yeah, absolutely. Our, and our listener group on on Facebook and the interactions we've had on Twitter and Instagram have all been incredibly positive. Yeah, and I think I've said before, after doing podcasts for so long and not getting 
any kind of response. Yeah. To get the response that we've gotten is incredibly humbling. It's it's not like we're a top ten podcast, but we have a good group of right. listeners. Like we're getting steady numbers. Right. And, and like fan art and stuff like that, even. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's been unbelievable. And and we don't. We haven't had to moderate our Facebook group, which is something that I'm so you keep bringing so it up, man. You're, you're just tempting fate. So you keep saying it. It's gonna happen. So fun, funny side it's note. I got you a, said that. I got a coworker of mine to listen, and I think he has a little bit of a man crush on Adam. Yeah, he friended Aww. me on Facebook. He wants recently. to be Adam's best friend. That's awesome. I've gotten people in my room. So I play. I play Hi, volleyball ben. at at a YMCA in Brooklyn, and I've told a couple of people there, and they're like, "You to Ninja Turtles? You're wearing a Ninja Turtle shirt? I love Ninja Turtles." And I'm like, hey, I, uh, I do a podcast. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, cool. And like, I, I was at a, where was I? Like at a, a Rite Aid. And some, some person was like, hey, I like your, you know, your Ninja Turtles hat or whatever. And I was like, I do a podcast. He's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten so good. He's at like, it. it's, it's like you get the celebrity vibe. Like, you do a podcast? <laughs> you guys are yeah. in Philadelphia. You're in New York City. I'm in Washington, D.C. We really should just draw up some like little flyers and just leave them on the metros. I mean, come on. It would be easy. Well, some I, it would be marketing. easy and it would work. I've been plugging and our cheap. show in the in the comic book shop a lot. Because I, I I don't just shop at the comic shop. I kind of hang out there. Yeah. So um, I, I, I plug our show as much as possible there. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, we, we haven't worked real hard to promote the show and yet we found listenership. Yeah. I, I, we, my hope is that as we work towards season two, we're able to sort of grow our audience a little bit and, and do more than just the movie by minute thing. Like we have some fun things coming up and some guests coming on from other podcasts and some ideas we have here and there, like a fanfic table read of a Casey Jones hmm. script. I almost said Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana Casey Jones. Casey Indiana Jones. What if he's Indiana but, Jones' like, son? I, but, you know, the goal is to keep the goal is to keep the the podcast going in some form, even if it's not a movies by minute. No, he wouldn't um, be Indiana Jones's son. He'd probably be like his grandson because his son is Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Different timelines. Different and stuff. timelines. But yes, very thankful for our, our fan group and listenership and our guests who contributed some great material, yeah, some mm-hmm. great material, great and helped ride. promote. Yeah, and like so again, thank you to everyone who was involved in this and show. It was a pleasure. You know, each guest we've we've had on the show has become like a new friend. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've yeah. made some new Facebook friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and guess who we haven't even had on the show? <laughs> yeah, have we've had friends who have, who are hosts of other podcasts? Yeah, who heard we were doing Ninja Turtles and have been like steady contributors, like back and forth on social media, yeah. and, like like diligent listeners and commenting all the time mm-hmm. on what they're hearing on the show. So so thank you. And the nice thing is now everything's out there. Mm-hmm. Everything is out. You can binge it. You can, you know... It's not going away. Take a cross-country mm-hmm. car trip and listen to 40 hours in Ninja Turtles <laughs> Minute if you want to. Um, tell a friend. It's, it's evergreen. It's going to be there forever. Well, Adam pointed out something that I didn't really think of. Like, we are probably part of someone's morning commute. Yeah. No, people have said that in the yeah. Facebook group. Okay. Like, yeah. like okay. we're people's, like, like, morning zoo radio when they drive to work. Yeah. It's, that, that, that's I, that means so much me. to me. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who loves like talk radio and morning radio, like the fact that someone listens to us and thinks like this is entertaining enough to listen to every day. Yeah. Like I, I love that we talk about turtles, but I think the thing I love more is that we are able to do it in an entertaining way. And I'm hoping that some people out there are laughing at our stories and how <laughs> stupid we are. And just like, they enjoy hearing our voices. Like that's, <laughs> to me, that's why I do a podcast. It's to, to to make people giggle and to provide good content. And I think the Ninja Turtles movie and franchise gives us a really good foundation for us to have what I consider to be excellent chemistry together. Yeah. And to to brighten people's day a little bit. So 
thanks guy who said we are remind him of a morning zoo that means a lot to me <laughs> well, i think he just said like we're we're his his drive to i forget which of our listeners it was but on the facebook group said like you know we're kind of his morning commute and it's funny because we're also my morning commute because <laughs> I, I know we, i also listen to myself all the time because we, we, we we make as if this last few minutes hasn't been narcissistic enough let's <laughs> well, keep going well, yeah. we, we, we make <laughs> comments on the show the and back. And go like, oh, we'll have to put that in the Facebook yeah, group later. Yeah, you have to and listen to it again so yeah, that you know what to post. Yeah, I have to listen to it again so I know when and, and what I oh, so you're actually, It's just you doing thing. your job. Is yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. That's, that's why I listen, because I'll bring up stuff and then I'm like, oh, mention it in today's episode. Here you go. Because I hate the sound of my own voice. It's I'm glad like, you guys do that because me. I spent so much time listening to this stuff, editing it, that I'm kind of yeah. done with it by the time it's <laughs> I, I used to hate the sound of my own voice. I've become more comfortable with it. You have a lovely voice. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um... But I used to hate it. I guess I don't know what else there is to talk about. So, if final final thoughts. I know we did this in our last minute, but does anyone have anything to kind of to, to wrap it up with? What have I finally thought? Um, <laughs> trying to think of a Jerry Springer final thought. Oh, you know what we can do? Are, well, how are we feeling about doing Turtles too? Because I think yeah. we've agreed we're going to do Secret of the Use. How, what's what are your what yeah. are your what are the feelings you have right now before watching the movie again? Before breaking it down minute by minute, your gut reaction on that movie, Adam. Gut reaction on Turtles 2. I mean, I've always liked Turtles 2. I feel like I'm always defending Turtles 2 to people. <laughs> like, like people are, people always seem to remember it as being a bad movie. I don't. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to defending its honor. All right. Rachel? I don't really remember that movie all that well. So I'm interested to watch it again and refresh my memory, I guess. All right. Chris? I am looking forward to, um, and this is a sort of experience that I've had with other movies, uh, similar movies, movies um, that people may not have necessarily seen as much. Uh, Wrath of the Ninja comes to mind. Anyway, like there were movies um, that I watched as a kid that I would watch dozens of times, dozens and dozens of. Do- I watched Turtles two so many times. Like we would put it on on weekends and sleepovers, like after school. It was it was on so many times. I'm pretty sure we went through a couple of different VHS copies of that between myself and and various friends' houses. Um, but I haven't watched Turtles 2 since, I don't know, since I was like 12 or 13. Mm. And I am almost certain, uh, that on the rewatch for this, I'm going to, I will absolutely, regardless of how I take the movie, I'm going to have a great time with you guys talking about it. But, uh, I'm fully prepared to, uh, Adam, you're going to have a lot of defending to do. <laughs> you know, get, ready, get your, man. get your rhetorical I, I, shield ready. I know I've said this. I'm in, sharpening my knives. I've said this in dueling genre podcast before. I like, you shouldn't ever feel like you have to defend a movie that you like. But I will if I have to. You're gonna. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I mean, very not, martial arts not, of you. Not, I don't. Not, I don't want to have to fight you, but I will. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't have an opinion one way or another Prepare because all defend. I all I really remember from Turtles Two is that there's a different April and there's those two things that are supposed to were kind of a nod to Bebop and Rocksteady, yeah. but they weren't Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> almost Bebop and almost yeah. Rocksteady. Babies, so I, my original, like I, this is the movie I remember seeing more out of the three of them yes. as a kid, right? Like so I remember going to Blockbuster most. and finding the VHS, yeah. and it was like the cover with the number two, and the turtles are like filling inside the number two. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember getting that, and then also like the coming out of our shells video at the same time. Um, <laughs> But my my thoughts of this movie is like I initially feel like the first half of this movie is really solid and then it falls apart. Um, we, we will see. So I'm I'm curious, and I've I've watched it more recently. I'm curious to to get into the minute by minute and see sort of where I feel like the tide turns because like I feel like 
Ernie Reyes Jr. is great in this movie. I love the character of Kino. I love the relationship that Kino and Raph have, how they sort of, you know, buck the rest of the family to go off and do what they think is right. Like, Raphael has reverted back to form mm. in this one. Like, he sort of hasn't grown. Like, all the growth that we think he yeah. made in the first one, he sort of disappears. Yeah. Um, we have a different Donnie voice in this one. And I actually, I really remember disliking this version of Donnie, even though this is much more close to the cartoon version of Donatello. It's also almost closer to Ernie Reyes Jr.'s voice. Like, they almost have the same voice. It is. It is definitely mm-hmm. not Corey Feldman anymore. Yeah. Um, and I also remember there's just no weapons in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that is the weird, the weird thing about it. And then sure. Togan Razor and the Ninja Rat. I also remember this movie feeling oh, really, really short. Oh, Ninja Go, really Ninja short. Go, Ninja Rap. Go. That's also what I remember. So I okay. definitely, whereas the first movie I love with all of my heart, and I think his, it has never, ever gotten the fair treatment it deserves as not just a great Ninja Turtles movie, but a great comic book movie, a great... Uh, movie with I, I don't know it's just a great movie it deserves more it deserves a bonus edition it, de- it deserves special feed like it deserves to be revered and I feel like a lot of people just sort of either don't know about it or like oh yeah that's right they did a Turtles movie in the 90s eh whatever yeah, yeah. Um, the second one it's it, to me it's like a guilty pleasure like I like it because it's Turtles but it's inherently I do not feel like it's a great movie I feel like it's 50% of a good well, movie we through our interviews um, that we've done that you're gonna hear a, a pretty decent one I think after this episode um, but we've we've kind of learned a lot about how this movie got made and it, it kind of existed in a vacuum like the the whole fanfare revolving around the cartoons and it had no else. effect on this it, it it wasn't a thing yet when the, until they were almost finished making this movie so this movie got to be it, it, it's like lucky that it was yeah it got <laughs> to be what it was because after that movie got made no turtles film ever got to just exist on its own yeah you could never do this like and it was just like a straight comics adaptation yeah and you could never just go back and do the straight comics adaptation anymore because there's now there's the cartoon yeah there's so and much things you have to in the early 90s now. the cartoon was so big that you have to like your your audience that will see this movie even though the first movie did big numbers it was people coming to see it mostly because of the cartoon right so when you learn that you're like oh we have to give them more of the cartoon right um and as you give them more of the cartoon, you have to get a little sillier and aim it a little bit more towards kids. And then by the time Michael Bay comes around, not only do you have the cartoon, you have the cartoon, three movies, a CGI movie, comic books for a decade and a half, yeah. um, another a, cartoon, a, yeah, and a, new a 2003 comic, cartoon. A new comic series specifically made to help adapt. Must serve so many yeah, masters. It, it, like, there's yeah. so many different versions. By the time you get to Michael Bay, it's like... There's, what do you even do? I, I know. Where that. do you even yeah. choose from? You let Michael Bay interpret it the Michael Bay way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the worked same out way he well. Did, you know, GI Joe and Transformers, and then, and then it becomes like a large. <laughs> Who decided that Michael Bay was mess? in charge of '80s nostalgia? He makes yeah. money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, the, we can say whatever we want about Michael Bay, but his movies make we can money. we can say whatever we want about <laughs> Michael Bay. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's almost hard to criticize him because. The guy makes that's true so much well, money. Well, sh- shout out to Lindsay Ellis, formerly the Nostalgia Chick. Go check out her YouTube like thing for a whole series of video essays on uh, on Michael Bay and how he makes the Transformers movies. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, if you if you if you want some serious criticism of Michael Bay movie making, it's there. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's we won't good. give it all to you now. You can become a Patreon subscriber and listen to our commentary on Out of the Shadows. There's plenty <laughs> of it in there. <laughs> Um, but I guess that wraps it us wraps it up for us here on, on Ninja Turtles Minute Season 1. We have to officially call this now because there will be a Season 2. 
Uh, again, thank you to everyone who listened and participated in the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram or any any kind of guest we ever had, any interview we ever did. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to four nobodies from nowheres who decided to talk about Ninja Turtles <laughs> and you turned us into somebodies from somewheres. We're, we're now those Ninja Turtles guys uh, that have the, 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 the podcast. We're the Ninja yeah. Turtles podcast people. Um, we're going to have more content coming at you, so this is not it. We have some Patreon-exclusive stuff. We have uh, a couple of fun things coming down the pi- pipeline. We're going to have a few isolated episodes here and there with some hosts of other Turtle podcasts. I think we're going to try to do some crossover mm-hmm. with uh, some some non-Turtles podcast folk. Apparently, we're writing fanfic and yeah. doing a table read of that now. I know. At least Adam <laughs> and I have a couple guest spots coming up. Yeah. Yep, so please go listen to, to those, and we'll post on our Twitter and Facebook when you can hear our hosts again. I know Adam and I are going to be starting, uh, we're going to try to get through Airheads Minute, I think a couple minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be, I think, quite as big a project as this. It's the, you know, it's not the mothership. We're, we're taking a little, we're taking a, route, a roundabout out. We're going to wipe too ambitious. our, it's with, still... our with our podcast contract. Yes. So. Yeah, that, you, that you podcast be... is still living with its girlfriend. And yeah. It's like yes. kind of shifting. You do something with, totally with, with, with. off the wall and do like five minutes at a time. No, I think people have done that. More than that. Um, Chris, you're doing... Uh, Right now on Dueling Genre, you can go uh, check out our, our uh, little sort of mini-series podcast special event, uh, Countdown to Infinity, uh, where we, uh, we've we got, uh, as of recording this, we've released uh, our episodes for Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, I think in a couple of days we're going to go ahead and drop Thor, uh, but uh, the point is, every week we release a, uh, a discussion, you know, like an hour to two hours of us talking about each of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in the lead-up to uh, Avengers. Infinity War in the uh, first week of May and uh, we're having a lot of fun with that uh, me and uh, Ray uh, who some of you may know from Geek by Night uh, and uh, and uh, our, a new new uh, podcaster Becca uh, who has joined us and we have some guests coming in on that um, we've had some some other dueling genre uh, people on that and I think a couple of people in this room might join us for for some of these movies I'd we've like got to. like is that a formal like, invitation it, it, yeah, yeah, that's a formal invitation. We, get, we might have idea. already been invited, and I just forgot. Yeah, yeah. well, we've got like 14 movies left to cover, so there's yeah. plenty yeah, of that's ground a lot in there. Are you guys? Are you talking about Agents of Shield like an episode? Of no, the no, okay. <laughs> no, no. Are you doing anything with Agents of Shield? Uh, maybe we'll do a special episode on the yeah. TV elements yeah. of the MCU. When you originally posted that idea to the Dueling it was genre just a, group, it was just like a a, a whim. Like I, I got a I knot saw in the my image. stomach just thinking about. It. I was like, "That is so much work." Like, I, I just, no thanks. I just saw the image and I was like, "This should be a podcast." And Scott's like, "Are you offering?" And I'm like, eh, eh, uh, "And the other Ray Scott, was, not me." Oh yeah, other Scott, other Scott Carelli, you know, <laughs> executive producer Scott Carelli. He was like, "Are you offering?" And I was like, eh, eh, "And then Ray was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And I'm like. <laughs> Oh, and, she's, and she messaged me. She's like, "Yeah, we have to do this. We have to do this." And I'm like, uh-uh, "I didn't even think about it. I just posted the vi- the picture like an idiot." Yeah, like, like, okay. I, oh my god, what a snap decision I made! Oh, this is an accidental commitment. My my response was like, "I'll do it, but I'm not gonna like do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna like Ninja Turtles minute do it. minimal effort. <laughs> I'll I'll drop in, but um, I'm not gonna do. It. But we're having <laughs> a lot of fun with it. Time. We're having some great uh, discussions. Really speaking for your uh, <laughs> buddies to drop in. <laughs> we're having a great time with it, and. Uh, uh, you know, if you, if you uh, like any of the Marvel movies, definitely give us a give, take a look. Yeah, and if you've listened to our show and you want other great shows, again, once again, go to moviesbyminutes.com. Check out all the great ones. Go to dueling, especially go to duelinggenre.com because mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of content over there. We've done a couple of Google Hangouts, like a monthly thing where we talk about anything under the sun. I think we're going to be starting up some new shows that are more general. They're not necessarily commentaries or movie by minutes over at Dueling Genre. So if you're looking for good things to listen to about about pop culture. 
duelinggenre.com is the place to go. There's a lot of great podcasters doing great shows over there. Uh, and uh, Geek by Night just wrapped up its first season. Yep. So if you're looking for great audio drama with a great voice acting crew and excellent music. Mm-hmm. I won an award. And top Yay. quality. That's right. You award winning. It's okay. Chris it's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the only one not involved in it. Best actor. <laughs> That's me. I, I got nominated for best original score or Yay. best piece of music. It was yeah. it was nice just to be nominated. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. I might have just been nominated for a nomination. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to Ninja Turtles Minute. Uh, we will see you very very quickly in the future and and we will have a lot more coming to you for season two when we are tackling secret of the ooze and we've got some exciting stuff in between so yeah lots of exciting stuff and that'll be coming soon so stay with us tell your friends and uh i guess one last time as a group for uh for 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 old time's sake we should end with our uh you know the old turtle standby right i guess yeah Yeah. all right here we go ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining and let's say it together Cowabunga! cowabunga